Greetings. Welcome back to the Cape Lead Revolution. This is Chachi. Just coming back from an exciting four-day weekend uh, in Arizona with my family. So I get there and drove up the next day to the mountains there in Arizona, which led to a day uh, on the slopes with, uh, with my family and uh, my wife's brother and his family and our dogs and just hanging out, having a great time and a little bit of a lazy Monday before I flew back late last night, get ready to start my week. But it, it kind of got me thinking just again more about expectations and something that had happened with Renan, my, my four-year-old, that, that led me uh, to believe that, you know, I, I really think that the understanding of expectations can really help our sanity. It can really help our peace of mind and it can really help us just make sure we're getting the conversation right and understanding whether we truly have an expectation or we have an anticipation or at very worst an assumption is going to be huge in making sure that, uh, that, that we're communicating well and that we're setting ourselves up for success. Uh, and, and a lot of that's just, just really mentally and the mentally piece can turn into emotionally as well. Again, being that all of our emotions are based off of some form of expectation. If you're happy about something, it exceeded your expectation. If you're thrilled about something, it really exceeded your expectations or you had no expectation of it to begin with. The same thing if you're frustrated or furious because it didn't meet your expectation to, to some level. But now we can have some different conversations and we can increase our understanding of expectations and whether they are in fact expectations or not. Here's an example. My four-year-old really wanted to get in the snow this weekend. And he wanted to go skiing and he wanted to be in the snow and that was great. So we all went up there and we rented all the equipment and then we get to the mountain and he did not want to be in the cold. He did not like it at all. I said, Hey kiddo, you know, this is, this is part of the thing that comes with, if you want to be in the snow, it's going to have to be cold, but he was ill prepared for that. And, and I started snow sports later in life, probably in my late twenties and it was all snowboarding. So I went one time in Colorado and then the next like half dozen trips were in the Alps in Southern Germany and Northern Austria. And, but I, I'm not a great snowboarder. I, I'm, I'm okay. And been a couple times since I left Germany, but you know, he wanted to go skiing, but I don't know how to ski. And that was going to be my first trip going skiing because it just facilitates a lot of other different things, but I, I couldn't take him. And so he didn't, he didn't want to deal with the cold. He didn't want to go skiing. And, and I, I was kind of okay with that because there's part of me that expected him to not really know what he wanted to do or why he wanted to do it. I have expected him to perhaps be a little bit scared or just didn't like the feel, or perhaps he didn't want to go on the chairlift because of heights. There are just so many things that I think a four-year-old could not want to do. So going into it, I had an expectation that this was probably going to fall apart and that he may not want to do that too much. Now, Noah, my 13-year-old, has never been a risk taker, but uh, gosh, this was probably 20, so it was like seven years ago. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't go down water slides inside water parks or, you know, he wanted nothing to do with any of that. Definitely not a risk taker, but we talked about going in the mountains to go skiing with some friends. And he said, Oh, absolutely. Well, I was like, Hey man, you know, if you go there and decide not to go skiing, that's going to be unfortunate. And he was like six or seven years old at the time. So, so again, perhaps a little bit unfair for me to have that conversation with him. But I just said, Hey, you know, if we're going to go do this, and you decide that you don't want to go skiing, the, you know, 
one of us will have to stay back and we'll just sit in the hotel room all day. And that's really not how I want to spend money to do that. He's like, no, no, I promise. I'll be happy going down the mountain. And lo and behold, there he went. And he was great. And he did ski school for a couple of days, but he picked up on it extremely quickly and, and had a great time. And so we went up there this weekend. He was raring to go and, and went skiing and had a phenomenal time. But, but because of the four-year-old, I wasn't upset with him because I understood what my expectation was of him. I knew going into this that that was a possibility and that if that could possibly happen, we'd have to have some backup plan. So whether it was he and I just sitting inside the lodge, uh, having some hot cocoa, or we could go sit in the car, or maybe we'd drive back to the cabin and then pick everybody up later, or maybe we could go sledding. We, we had a, a couple different options, which we did, in fact, go sledding. So that ended up being great. And, and that was, again, but I wasn't mad or frustrated about that because of my understanding of what expectations are. And that, that helps out in so many different cases. Is just understanding whether you have a true expectation or not. And while I use the example, uh, a couple different examples, whether I use the DC traffic or whether I use the example, if I want to go out drinking with the guys on a Friday night and my wife and I have a conversation about that, I've used those examples, but here's, I'm trying to throw a little bit of a different example out there for you. So here's the deal. If, um, if you're going to have me over to your house, let's say tomorrow, and you ask me when I'm going to come over to your house and I say tomorrow, you're probably not happy with that. And you'd probably come back with, okay, smart ass. Well, what time tomorrow are you going to come over? And I could say, oh, the afternoon. And you could say, oh, okay. You're, you're just kind of being a jerk. Now, what time in the afternoon are you going to come over to the house to where I would reply? I will be there at 6 PM. Those are the, the varying levels of conversation that I hear us missing when we don't understand expectations. Because when we're talking about expectations, we understand it in a very generic and umbrella-like term, which is a lot of times that what people say is an expectation is really them just saying, I'm going to be there tomorrow. And it's not as finite, it's not as succinct, and it's not as specific as we either A, think it is or B would like it to be because this is about getting the conversation right. So if we don't understand the difference between an expectation an anticipation or an assumption, we leave those variables out there. And that's where you get the conversation of, Oh, I'll be there tomorrow versus I'll be there tomorrow afternoon versus I'll be there tomorrow at 6 PM. Those are the conversations we need to have. And I hear people say it all the time. What did you expect? Well, did you expect something different to happen? And the, the, those are probably good questions. But I, I think, you know, the, the question we need to ask ourselves first was, did we have a true expectation? And we can talk our way around a whole lot of different topics and a whole lot of uh, just, just really di different scenarios about what we know is going to happen or what we think is going to happen and, and how, how we want to communicate it. But that, that's, that's a little bit different. Like we, we need to speak with the, the right words, you know, and, and that, that kind of ties into here's, here's another example, right? So we talked about some of the emotions on whether you're happy or thrilled or frustrated or furious, but let's focus on the frustrated part because expectations are really easy to understand looking to the past, which is why I have my four by two which is the, what was the expectation? 
Was it really an expectation? Who led the expectation? Was it realistic? And then the two internal questions I always ask myself, was I absolutely clear on my expectations? And did I do everything in my power to help them find success? That's how I tell people to analyze expectations in the past to help them get to the root cause. But, but here, here's this, let's say something in the past few days, uh, perhaps in the last week, if you were frustrated at something, just frustrated, no matter, no matter how big or how small, just ask yourself these, these questions, what exactly frustrated you? Was it a specific person? Was it a specific action? Was it lack of an act of an action? Was it somebody cho- chose the wrong words? whatever it could be, what exactly frustrated you? And then ask, why did that frustrate you? Then ask, did you expect something different than what happened? And then lastly, why did you expect that? Was there communication about it? Did you, again, did you assume? Did you anticipate that that was going to happen? Because if that's the case, then you probably set yourself up for failure and you probably set yourself up for this frustration and or conflict. And again, I define conflict as the convergence of competing expectations. If something happened that frustrated you, let's say that I said that I was going to show up at 6 p.m. and I don't show up at, at 7 p.m. or I don't show up until 7 p.m. You could say what exactly is frustrating you and that frustration probably isn't the fact that I showed up an hour late. It's everything that's tied to an hour late. Whether you were making appetizers, whether we had to hold off on the dinner that that we couldn't serve right away and perhaps it dried out in the oven trying to keep it warm. Perhaps you have children and I forced your family to stay up an hour later than you had planned on and now I put your entire family at an inconvenience. And then why are you frustrated about that? Because it probably inconvenienced your family. That showed a lack of respect on my part. I undervalued or devalued your contribution that night to the fun event that, that we were trying to have. And then, you know, did you expect something different to happen? Yes. Either me as a family member or a friend or a colleague, you would expect me to agree upon a certain time. And then as an adult here, my, my early forties that I would stick to that timeline and that I would understand all the different variables that have to happen and all the different things that you have to do to set up your evening and your family and your home in order to host somebody and perhaps their family at 6 p.m. and have them there for, for dinner, perhaps some dessert, perhaps some coffee, some fireside chat, whatever that is. And then did you have a true expectation of that for me? Again, true expectation. Do you know how timely I am or not? Do you know how busy my evenings are? Do you know when I leave work? Do you know what kind of traffic I have to contend with? Do you know if I'm having any personal problems? Do you know know if I have any previous commitments that I had to do along the way? Let's ask these questions. But let's understand if we really have an expectation or not. And it was funny. I, I kind of, uh, there's a, a big name in, in leadership out and I, I, I emailed him directly and said, Hey, 
I, I think we could we could talk. I think we could collaborate. I think that we could have a lot to uh, to teach each other and, and show each other. And so, in in preparation uh, for that possible phone call, I went through some of my favorite leadership books. I went through uh, Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I went. Uh, but sorry, that book written by uh, John C. Maxwell. I went through Start With Why, written by Simon Sinek, and then two other books. And I wrote down how many times they said the word expectation and how many times they used any form of the word expect, whether expect, expects, expected, um, in, in, in any any form of that in any context that applied to some leadership endeavor. And it's, it's really funny because it, it was, it was mentioned specifically expectation about, uh, about four or five times per book, but expect was written about 30 times, 25 to 30 times in each book, some form of the word expect. It was very interesting to me as I sat there and I wrote these things down from these great authors and these people that I respect greatly for the information that they have, for the content that they put out there, and for, for the drive that they have to, to make the world a better place so we can all get the conversation right and communicate using the right words. It was amazing. But I sat there wondering to myself, why does nobody define expectations? Why, why do we miss this? Why, why don't we talk about it? Why is this uh, some form of nebulous concept that, that no one seems to, to grasp? And that, that ended up being a very, <laughs> very uh, an interesting thought for me as I started gathering some of those, those numbers today. And so, so today I just wanted you to think about how you understand expectations in that common sense. And that, again... We need to get the conversation right. And again, words is important and we need to speak with the right words to the right people at the right time for the right reason for the night, for the right end state. But think about if you, if you go about your day and you're not consciously leading expectations and you're not communicating in a way, if you're not using the eight W's and again, I'm not saying the eight W's are perfect. But the eight W's are a whole hell of a lot better than five W's. Because again, with the, the five W's, the who, what, when, where, why, we don't question that because it's great alliteration. We learned it as kids and so far it's been okay. But if you pass why last, the why only modifies or amplifies the what. But if you use the eight W's, if you incorporate why at every step of the way, you do the who and why where and why, what and why, when and why, you get a much, much better picture. You pass a lot more information, you bring a lot more people into the fold, you bring them to the table sooner and they have a, a better stake, they better have, uh, have a better understanding of what you need to be done, what needs to be done, why they need to do it and why. That's how we need to communicate our expectations. But again, if you don't know the difference between an expectation, an assumption or anticipation, I'm not going to say that you're, you're failing. I'm not saying that at all, but I don't think you're going to be as efficient as you possibly could be. And again, you don't know you're wrong until you know you're wrong. And you know, there's, there's really no, no harm in that. So I, I just hope that, that, that people can get on this expectation gravy train and, and just ride it all the way to the positive finish line. 
And I want people to understand that this is a great way to communicate when we understand a true expectation from a generic expectation. With a generic expectation being the likelihood or belief that we think something is going to happen versus my definition of the thought or belief that an act or event will occur based on credible levels of information and or credible levels of past experience. And it has to be clearly communicated. We talk about when we set goals are going to be smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time-bound. But what good is it if you're going to set goals for your people if they are not clearly communicated? So it's got to be smart C. Make sure that, that we're not just communicating because communicating is the hardest thing that we do. But realistically, it's what we're communicating that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle that I don't think we put the requisite emphasis on. So your understanding of expectations is akin to you're saying, hey, I'm going to be there tomorrow versus I'm going to be there tomorrow afternoon versus I'm going to be there tomorrow at 6 p.m. It is the level of information that you are able to push out to your people, to push out to your team, to your family, your friends, whatever it is. Just understand that a true expectation is rare and it just doesn't randomly occur in nature. You really have to try and communicate what an expectation is and how people can lead expectations and how your teams can thrive with solid communication of expectation up and down your respective chains of command and or hierarchies. So just wanted to put that out there. I had those thoughts this weekend as I go through. And again, every single day for me is a study of expectations. When something goes Uh, wrong, I look at the expectation. When something goes right, I look at the expectation. It's just expectations, expectations, expectations. So uh, I I hope you write me. I hope you keep this uh, dialogue coming. I would really like to hear from you. Email me, chachi at capelead.com. You can uh, hit me up on Instagram at Chachi Pachesa, Twitter at Tim Pachesa. Leave a message for me at the Cape Lead Facebook page. But as I always say, let's keep this conversation going. And this is Chachi always reminding you to educate anticipate and dominate. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. We'll see you.